Welcome back, guys. This is Kimberly Graham, your co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast, and we're so excited to have you here for the continuation of our previous episode. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you guys know that you can follow us and converse with us at the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram. That's where you can find us to connect with us, like our content, share our content, any of those types of things, but we also want to hear your stories there as well. So excited for the new stuff that you're going to learn from today's episode. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. So Where are we the, going? The next one is building an emergency fund, which kind of oh. goes with this, right? So you want to make sure you have an emergency fund. That also alleviates the fear. An emergency fund can help you have a sense of financial security um, and help you overcome your fears. And also, I feel like it's um, a good idea that we don't really talk too much about it, but creating a budget when you're doing that and you're actually putting that into practice actually um, helps you with strategy and helps you with discipline, which are two very important things that are going to help you build an emergency fund and not touch it. Many people, I know some people who might not be huge spenders, they might be huge savers and they hoard money like crazy. And when they hoard money, they might have a huge emergency fund, but they're scared of touching it. Or you might have the opposite. You might have a huge emergency fund and you touch it all the time and it like constantly gets depleted so can we, and then refilled and depleted and refilled. Can we and talk about this for a minute? Because this needs to be addressed, right? I just made a reel on this. I know that by the time you hear this, this reel is going to be weeks old, but can we talk about the emergency fund? You're not supposed to touch it. No. It's supposed to just be there in case, like break glass in case of emergency, right? Mm -hmm. Can you tell the people, the good people listening, what is an emergency? So an emergency. What What's a reason why I can go into that fund and, and get some cash? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways, right? So an emergency fund is literally, like he said, for an emergency. There is a life-threatening thing happening. There is, you well, that know. That sounds unplanned. It life is. Life-threatening. That's unplanned. Unplanned. Wow. You're not, you're not ready for that, right? Okay. You lost a job. Oh, that sounds unplanned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you plan on losing a job? I did not plan on losing okay. a job. Okay. So when I Keep lose going. a job, that is when I would use it. Um, I can't really think of any other thing that's unplanned, but that's Medi pretty much medical, medical emergency. That yeah. sounds unplanned. That sounds unplanned. What about your car breaking down? Mm. Or about your home, like mm. a, a roof? No? Mm, I feel like there there are certain things that people might say, right? These are gray areas, which I think are important to talk to your spouse about, okay? Um, when it comes to car repairs, here's something that we have done. In the early stages of us having our emergency fund and building our emergency fund, absolutely, that would have been an emergency fund if it was way too, if it was a larger amount than we had on hand, then yeah, we might do that especially if it was an emergency, right? Like, oh my gosh, I need the tire because you can't get to work. Like I would consider that an emergency, but an oil change, not an emergency. I okay. knew that was coming. Okay, I right? like that. Yeah, I know, I agree with you. I agree with you. Loss of income and medical expenses are definitely unplanned and that would qualify to me as a reason to go into your emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal with cars and homes, okay? When you buy a car, when you buy a home, if you think you're gonna live in it and drive it for the next 10 to mm -hmm. 30 years, and it's not gonna have and any issues. nothing's ever going to happen to it, right. you're a fool. <laughs> like stuff is going to happen to your car. So in your budget, you need to allot money mm -hmm. every month for repairs. Right. Now, you're putting money aside every month for tear uh, for tears for I mean your car is going to tear for repairs and you know the oil needs changed boom you have money for it in your repair fund the tires need changed you know that happens every you know couple, couple of years. years right 
boom, it's in the repair fund, right? Those things that you expect to happen. Now, you know, the differential goes out, the alternator goes out, transmission, the transmission goes, goes out, out all right? of those things, have, all happened things to have happened to us, right? <laughs> in the past, like two years, when those things happen, that's a little bit more of a steep cost, right? And you can use your what's in fund. your repair fund first, correct? Right, and then whatever's left, right? There was some sometimes where like our alternator went out, and it was like seven eight hundred dollars, and we only had like five hundred bucks in our mm -hmm. repair fund, so we used that five hundred, and then all we had to take from our emergency fund was like three hundred bucks, right? So you're creating like guardrails, guardrails on guardrails on guardrails before you're touching your actual liquid cash that you're, that, I shouldn't say it's all liquid, but before you're touching the cash that's actively coming in from your income, right? So you want to be able to create that type of like wall between you and life because life is going to happen. And the more that you can like do that, the more like create little guardrails between you and life, the easier it is to take risk. Mm. And so that's why going back to my first example of paying that invoice and saying, oh my, oh my gosh, we are getting the bathroom redone. And these these obstacles that we're about to go over on getting an, a, 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 a tenant into the place and all that stuff, it doesn't scare me as much, even though there's still a fear that comes in. I answer the fear with facts. How much do we have ready to go should anything happen to the space? Hmm. I'm we're okay. We're fine. And I'm able to say things like, okay, do you have enough to be able to get this new space that you're going to rent? Yes, we have enough space. What if the person like I can go through every scenario and I'm like, I have an answer for it. And so that's why that's why a budget is so important because when you have an answer to every catastrophe that could happen to you, planned, unplanned, but you want to, you know, the planned stuff is normally the stuff that gets us, you alleviate, you have an answer to that fear. Right. So going back. I have anxiety, I have fears about not being able to pay my expenses at the end of every month or pay my bills. So I identify it and I create a budget, I face the fear. And that already, like we talked about, alleviates so much anxiety because you no longer ask the question, when do things get paid? You know, mm -hmm. and then the next question is, will I have enough? You, you know, know what your incomes, and you can do things within your budget to make it happen to even further alleviate those fears and anxiety is the emergency fund, right? Mm -hmm. It's that next, like you said, guardrail. It's that next thing that's gonna protect you from life. Oh man, if I don't have enough this month, I need to go out and get another job or I need to cut expenses. But if for whatever reason it doesn't happen, boom, emergency the emergency fund. fund is there. So you can see how with everything that we're building and putting in place, it's removing mm -hmm. anxiety and allowing you to manage that fear. It doesn't mean the fear is gone, but you can manage it. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say this because I want you to talk more about this. I'm not done with the emergency fund. Don't it be still done. needs to be talked about. Yes. Okay. We know what an emergency fund is for now. It's for unplanned expenses. What I want to know is how much of an emergency fund should you have? And can you just kind of explain what that means. So you should have three to six months of expenses, which what? I, what does that mean? An expense, which you'll know if you're creating a budget, <laughs> um, an expense is anything that's going out, right? So you have income, you have expenses. When you go through your expense list, what I want you to look at are the things that are absolutely necessary for your household to survive, right? So if I'm looking through my list of expenses, my Hulu subscription, not something that's a necessity, but, right? But but modern no, family. No, you don't. You don't need it, right? Like these are the things that are absolutely that necessary. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Go cry about it. Feel dumpy. <laughs> um, but 
or go well up your tears about it. So, <laughs> but like my gym membership, is that really as important, right? So you gotta, you have to decide what is the most important thing for your family to survive should both you and spouse lose your job, okay? And there's no money coming in. What would you be paying for? What would be like first priority? Take that number, like add all that stuff together, take that number, multiply it by three, you got your three months expenses or multiply it by six, you got your six months expenses. The variation there is, it's a good idea to have three months if you're a person that has more of a stable income, um, your job is more secure. Like me, a teacher. Like you, a teacher, right? Six months if you have a, a job that's a little bit more volatile, a little bit more susceptible to like be Kim. cut. Like me, like an entrepreneur who, I mean, there could be any point of time where I might ha- not have income coming in. Has it happened? No, because one of the things that's really awesome about financial coaching is that there's never a season. There's never a space where we are not needed because there are always going to be people who either don't know how to manage their money because either they're making too much or they they need help making money. So either way, there's going to be a need for me. Um, so I feel like I have a pretty stable like. I have a pretty stable job is what I'm saying, but six months is still something that we have and we shoot for every single time. So earlier in our marriage, we were six months in, we got all these letters in the mail saying, you owe, you owe, you owe, you owe. I was a wreck. Yeah. And then we could have just sat there and cried. Sit there you know? and cry. I, so we say this all the time. <laughs> Man, do we love the office, we really right? Do. We we could have done that or we could have just kept living live and doing the 2D fruity Sundays and trying to make way, you know, we could have just kept going on and, but we decided to educate ourselves. Yeah. Right. So we went with the leading of your father. We went to that Dave Ramsey course and we educated ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Learning how to do it all step by step alleviated our fears, right? Another way to overcome your fears, just like the budget, just like the emergency fund is to educate yourself Mm -hmm. about personal finance. If you need to read books, dude, go to the library. Early on, right, we didn't have the money, right? Right. Because we were paying off like loans and all that. So I remember going to the library and checking out money book after money book after money book. And that's what I would do on my summers Mm -hmm. while I was doing summer camp. You know, I would be reading money books and it was free because I got it from the library. Great thing to do. You can go to workshops like we did with the Dave Ramsey course or take courses to learn about budgeting, saving, investing, anything, right? There's so much stuff out there. Some stuff costs money. Some stuff is expensive. Some stuff is cheap, but you get what you pay for. Yep. You get what you pay for, right? None of this is going to be tailor-made to you. And this is the thing about educating yourself, especially around the, the the idea of finances. If you look on Google, if you look on in the library, if you, there are so many things. If I mean, TikTok is an insane resource, okay? There's so many people in there who can talk to you about budgeting, Not who can talk to you good. about business. Investing is a little bit shady. You want to make sure you know who you're talking about. But when it talks about like managing money and like, you know, in that part, there's a ton out there on the line. Okay. On the line, online. There's the internet is vast. Your wealth is on the line. Right. So this is why I say this is because there's no reason why you should have these like feelings of, oh, this just isn't working for me. Right. Even this, a free resource that's literally telling you step by step through analogies, through our story, how to understand and why it's so important to manage and have something done for your finances so that you know where it's going. But the problem is, is not that you are not willing to educate yourself. You can't stay there. 
You can't stay in the education phase. You can't stay, you know, investing into different courses and investing into different little freebies or, you know, free 99 or like really cheap ones. You can't keep doing that forever and not moving the needle. If you're still in the same spot and you're still like, uh, you might need to be thinking, okay, how can I, how can I come up with more income so that I can get a little bit more proximity to some people or some more support? But all that to say, even if you did look at all the free things, it would all help you. Like, like seriously, I look at some of the free stuff that's online and I'm like, oh yeah, if someone read this and they actually put it to work, they would actually do very well for themselves. They would get themselves a lot farther than by sitting there twiddling them thumbs and going, I don't know where to start. It's literally right there in front of your face. Like it's telling you exactly where to start, but there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of mindset that's stopping you from doing that. So you've got to alleviate, you got to get over that hump and say, okay, I need to start my budget, whatever it looks like, whether it's handwritten, whether it's a cash budget, I need to just start because there's, to- I mean, chock full of stories of people who did it with no knowledge and just like figured it out. And they're telling you their whole steps of how they do it. And people are still like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> when people uh, go to like anonymous, like AA groups and stuff, like mm-hmm. what, what's the first step? Awareness awareness. So I'm going to play back this podcast episode for you because my wife has an addiction. Y'all I'm going to bring it before y'all right now. Me? No, your addiction is coaching. It's so true. And you just told the people that you can't just live in the education zone. You, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. yeah, And this is, this is, Hey, this is for you, boo. All right. If Kim had it her way, she would go from coach to coach to coach and she probably wouldn't even give up the coach she had before. She would keep paying that coach and sticking with that coach and then move on to a new coach while still paying the first coach and the second coach and then get a third, like homegirl loves herself. I love learning (laughs) and she loves learning, but you're right. Like if I go to college and get a four year degree and then go get my master's right. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to avoid student loans. I'm going to stay in school. I'm just going to get another master's and another master's (laughs) and another master's because I'm just going to avoid it. Right. That's not facing the fear that is running from it. That's That's avoidance. And you're just like digging yourself a a bigger ditch. Yeah. Right. I really had to like focus on my words there because sometimes (laughs) I flip letters and I really thought about digging bigger, ditch because if i flipped those letters around man this would have been a real awkward episode i just want you to know how much thought i just put into that i'm so proud of you i'm so proud of you so yeah you it's incredibly important to educate yourself but you're right like at some point some people say well it didn't work for me well did you try yeah like did you actually apply the principles did Mm -hmm. you give it a good effort you know did you try to make it a routine and Mm -hmm. a habit or was it just too i'm a finger quote here too hard for you yeah and you were just quick to give like Your resilience is so weak mm -hmm. if you give up that Mm -hmm. fast. Yes. Right? Here's the thing too. So yes, I do have an addiction to coaching. I love learning and I will constantly, to me, that's my escape. If I can invest in something and whether it doesn't matter how much it is, I will invest in something and I will sit and listen to other people who have gone before me, who have paved the way. And I'll say, man, that's so awesome. I feel so inspired. I should do awesome things. And then I get, I'll sit in my computer and I'll just be like, what? Okay. And literally my coach is like so funny to me. She's like, Kim, how many years have we been working together? It is time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. I am like, you know, she had that like come to Jesus moment with me in the sweetest way possible to be able to just basically shake me and go, you already know this. 
you don't need a coach anymore. Like you don't need one. So I have decided, I've told Daniel, I was like, okay, I am not going to do any more coaching. I will do, I will invest in, in something. If it I gives still want me you to pursue new, coaching. Yeah. If it gives me a new knowledge, like realm of knowledge. But as far as like what I need to do to move my business forward, I know, I know what I need to do and I need to just, and it sometimes it feels like so nice to have somebody there to be like, oh my gosh, I have someone who I can hold. They're like my lifeline. Me being out in the ocean by myself is scary. It is. But I know I can do hard things. I can do it. But you're literally out there in the ocean on a yacht and you've got life preservers and you got a little, you know, dinghy. You've got all those protections out there. Like, I don't want the dinghy. I just want the yacht. Well, you need the dinghy just in case something no, happens. Dude. It's like your emergency fund. No, see, you're messing up my whole like. Okay. Sorry, 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 no, sorry, sorry. No, I have. I tell this this analogy to my clients all the time about you don't want to be a dinghy. You want to be in the yacht. So you're telling me that I have a dinghy on the yacht, and I'm just saying no, I don't want it. I don't want the dinghy. I only want the yacht. You have a helicopter pad. There you go. Thank you. There and when you the go. boat's going down, you hop in. The I got heli. the helicopter pad. There it is. That's what I want. That's for you. <laughs> Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. All right, now I wanna get real for a second because we have talked about ways to alleviate and overcome fears, but sometimes your fears are so debilitating Mm -hmm. that you cannot do it on your own. Mm right? I've talked about this multiple times. You know, I talked about having fears in our first six months, but they were very manageable, but the pandemic wrecked me. Right. And I dealt with nowhere. It really did. (laughs) I mean, did it? I don't know. There were signs before, but I definitely had panic attacks during the pandemic. Yeah. And I sought therapy and I got counseling and that made things better. But then I hopped on Lexapro and it's been great for me. (laughs) Lexapro is good for me. I'm so proud of that, man. I don't care. Like, I feel like I need to tell people that I had anxiety. How you doing? I'm I'm on Lexapro. Because here's the deal, right? (laughs) I know that there are people out there that are dealing with mental health issues Mm -hmm. and they're too afraid or too manly to admit that they need help. And I'm sitting here like, dude, if you work on your toilet, you know, the plumbing Mm -hmm. and the pipe starts leaking, are you just going to let it leak or are you going to go get some help? Mm-hmm. They're probably like, no, just throw, what is that? That flex tape mm-hmm. <laughs> that you see in the advertisements. They throw yep, some flex tape on it. They put a Band-Aid on it. On it right. That it works. And they're like, oh, no, it's good. Or like if your car breaks down and you know you try to go do it yourself and you can't fix it, like you're going to call a mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are these things within your home. There's things in your car. Like if something breaks, mm-hmm. you're going to go get it fixed. You're going to mm-hmm. pay someone who knows how to fix it, right? You as a person can break, Right. Your, your bones can break. You go to the doctor. Your your brain can your break, brain. right? Your mind can break. And my mind broke yeah. and it needed to be fixed. So I went and I got therapy and I'm proud of that, right? I saw a problem and I addressed it. You know what I mean? Faced it head on. I faced it head on. And ultimately, like, you know, I went through all that, but I was still having 
my heart palpitations, my heart was still racing. I was still having panic attacks, even with the therapy, right? I was doing all of the things to manage it, but it was just still a lot. Mm -hmm. So I went and I got Lexapro and it has made all the difference for me. It really has. And you've seen it, right? Yeah. Like my sister even said, like, he looks like he's Dan. <laughs> I look like Dan again, right? Dan is like this crazy, happy go lucky guy. Yeah. Right. Anybody who knew me before and then saw me during those couple of years, they're like, Whoa, wait. It was it was a totally what's different up, Dan. What's going on with Dan? Yeah. To the point that like people thought there was something going on with us, maybe. Yeah, they're like, like they're are like, they is everything okay? okay with your marriage? Like Dan just seems like <laughs> and I was like, Man, I'm just <laughs> no, it's fine. It's called anxiety. We're and good. I'm I'm struggling. It's just going through it. But I'm in such a better place now. And I bring that up because these fears around money can be Yeah anxiety inducing to the point that it's debilitating yeah. and if that's the case for you don't just sit there and do nothing like right. you need to go after this like mm -hmm. you need to attack this you need to face this and get some help yep get therapy get counseling right talk to your doctors whatever you need to do mm -hmm. you've got it i know so many people who do therapy just to do like it's just nice know, to talk to somebody, i really want to go right? to therapy it's not I always because coaching Kim, it's not always because <laughs> there's this extreme situation. They just, it's nice to have somebody it to does. talk to. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. that's unbiased, right? Mm -hmm. Your friend's biased. I don't care what you say. Your friend is biased. Yeah. A therapist is unbiased. They will give you an honest opinion. Yeah. I, that was really helpful for me when I had, you know, Sophia. Um, I had a really hard time getting back into the understanding of like who I was and, what was my focus? And I didn't necessarily have postpartum depression, but it was definitely something where it rocked me where I had a problem with, you know, producing milk for her and she was small for her size. And there were so many comments that were made about her and uh, about me and what I was able to give to her and whether I was nourishing her enough. And, you know, it's just those slighted comments that you get from people about, you know, how you are bringing up your child that can be so, as a new mom especially, that was just really frustrating. And it was like hard for me to like navigate that. And so I needed to seek professional help because there was nothing that my mom or my husband could say. I needed someone who was unbiased, who was just going to be like, I hear you and I see you and this, you're right. This really sucks. Like, I don't know why someone would say that. And here's how we can manage the situation. What can you do next time you're in a situation where you feel these feelings come up? And like, that was really the conversation that I needed to someone to challenge me. And let me tell you, like, it, here's the difference I feel like too between doing it on your own power and doing it with someone else having accountability or whatever that looks like when you're paying someone and you're saying I need you to help me with the situation that I know I need help with you act differently you show up differently because you know that you have to pay them <laughs> whereas if you're doing it by yourself you can you, you can let yourself down you're like oh well you know i guess That's this is what point. i do you know or my friends you know like oh well my friend they'll forgive me like i'll just be like yeah i just didn't do it today and it'll just you know you can you you can just like feign ignorance and be like oh it just didn't happen you know but with someone that you're actually paying that's expecting you to be there you show up differently i love that you said that and the reason why I wanted to bring up our little story about seeking professional help is because we are two people who are winning mm -hmm. with money and we are winning in our marriage. Our communication is incredibly strong. 
We love Maybe each other deeply. Strong. Maybe. <laughs> We're winning with money. We're doing incredible things. And yet we needed therapy, mm-hmm. right? Individual therapy for ourselves because our minds were broken mm-hmm. and we went and we got that fixed and we got that handled and we're better than ever, right? So it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your, econo- your social economic status is, right? You can need therapy mm-hmm. and I encourage you to pursue to it, it and to get it if that's you. Um, but in the event that you're someone who tries to self-help you know, just real quick things that, you know, I learned in therapy, right? Box breathing, right? These are relaxation techniques, whatever is a relaxing thing for you, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditating, box breathing, Mm -hmm. right? These are things that can help you calm your fears in that moment when you're freaking out because you're not sure if you're gonna be able to pay your bills at the end of the month, right? Take deep breaths, box Mm -hmm. breathe, right? Meditate, yoga, whatever it is, all right? And use positive self-talk right? Negative self-talk can make the fear worse. So try to replace those negative thoughts with positive ones, right? For example, instead of saying this is so elementary, but instead of saying, I can't do this, say, I can, Mm -hmm. I'll try my best, best. right? That's what we would tell our kids. We don't want them to say things like, I can't. We want them to say, nope, try your best. One of the things that helped me um, last year in our situation, which we've talked about many times in the very first episodes, uh, we had a, a momentary like we really had to work really hard and work through some things together, um, especially in the business and like, you know, the feelings of failure and all that stuff is I actually listened to a biblical inf- affirmation and it was so helpful to hear biblical affirmations because for me, that's something that's super close to me. You know, we, we attend church and are very, you know, that that is something that I hear often, these scriptures. So hearing them over and over and over again in this you know, type of uh, space was really, really beneficial to me uh, when I felt like I didn't even have the words to say anymore. I didn't know what to pray anymore. And so I would write them down and literally as I was stretching or doing whatever, I would say these scriptures over and over to myself. And that was so um, helpful to me to be able to say these positive things not, you know, over me and like say, this is what, you know, God believes about me. This is what, you know, he's put me on this earth to do. And it really allowed me to have just that momentary spark of like, I'm amazing because God's made me amazing that I can push forward. Right. So whatever it takes for you to just have that momentary, like, I got this, I can do this just for this moment in time, you know, setting timers for yourself, whatever it happens to be, so that you can just like do the thing that you know, that's going to help you move the needle forward, do it. And then, you know, take it one step at a time. But, you know, if you're definitely going to, to self, self, I guess, mediate, yeah. those are some things that might help. I love that. So Susan Jeffers. Who is my favorite Who is your author. favorite author? Was that on this episode or no, the Grand Fam episode? No, it was on Grand Fam, so oh, everyone Grand doesn't Fam. know this. But listen, listen, I talk about Susan Jeffers so much with fear. And if you're a part of Grand Fam, you already know what this is about. But I really, truly thought that <laughs> this was like Kim's favorite quote of all time. Oh all right, gosh. you know it, I know it, we all know it at this point. Susan Jeffers says, feel the fear and, and do, do it, it anyway. anyway, right? I've said this time and time again on this podcast and it's on Kim's computer. She has this like little like background where it's a bunch of like sticky notes and their quotes and motivational and like the one dead center, like the one your eye goes to first, you know, right there in the middle is Susan Jeffers and it says, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I thought this quote was like the most meaningful, most unpacting thing 
that Kim has ever read. And it just, like, I thought it was going to be her next tattoo. Yeah. Like, I, I for sure thought, like, you have fearless on one arm. I thought you'd have feel the fear and do it anyway on the other, you know? I don't know. But, like, I thought that. And, and yeah, I broke, I broke that. He he kept going and I just like let him think that. And I just kind of went like, ha 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 ha. And I just kept it going. So can you, can you just let me down I, one more time? Tell I me just, about this. Okay. This, so I needed to let background. him know that oh, I hurts. was like, hon, that's not a favorite. I've never read this book. I don't even know who Susan Jeffers is. I said, let me just tell you something like, yes, it is on the background of my computer, but I, I actually got that background from Canva. <laughs> And it had that quote on it and I was using it for the oh, sticky man. notes so I could write little like quotes on it and I made it my background. So it had a whole bunch of motivational quotes and I was like, that's a nice quote, but I had, I did not wow. type it. It was just a stock. Wow. Canva photo. Just a stock quote. <laughs> and he thought it was my favorite. Just a stock quote. I mean, that blew me away. He was like, are you serious? I, I mean... I feel like part of like why I've had it on the show so much is probably because of that. Like, I love I just it. I just think it's thought so it, like, cute. Hey, now, now she I mean, is it my is favorite now, author. And now it is my favorite quote. Feel quotes. the fear and do it anyway. I love that you thought so much that you were like, I'm going to put this in there as many times I as did. possible. But I mean, I understand why you would say that. Like I do have fearless tattooed on my arm. Yes. But I didn't have any type of connection to that other than the fact that I was like, I'm going to be fearless and start a business on my own. And I'm 30 and I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. That's really the only reason why fearless came into place. It's just a word. So like we said earlier in the show, identify the fear and you have to create that budget. You have to face that fear. Yeah. The biggest mistake most people make is waiting <sighs> for the feeling of fear to subside or disappear before they're willing to act. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to go in for that interview or I'm not going to make that cold call until this fear goes away never gonna happen can i tell you that I've, I've been cold calling right to you know ask these organizations i tell them our our you know little spiel mm -hmm. about who we are and what we do and ask if there's any conferences or conventions or anything that they'd like us to be a keynote speaker for and before i dial every number there is a feeling of fear mm -hmm. but what do i do i do take a second anyway. and i say you know what dial the number i dial it i call and let me tell you something. The first person I called, that conversation went so bad. <laughs> I talked to a secretary and I fumbled and stumbled over my words. But I'm like, you know what? This is one conversation of a million that mm -hmm. I'm going to have. Like this first one was meant to suck. Yeah. But you know what? Like it's, I'm going to learn from it. And the next like 999 trillion million billion are going to be better. Yeah. And it's so awesome to see you... Um, just to say this, this is so awesome to see you embark on building your business um, and, and you know, the arm of this, this business and doing something that you're really afraid of and just go for it. Like even being on social and making reels and whatever, like just jumping in head first, because that was definitely not me going into this field. Many people think that I started off and just no it took me three years to get to this point and i'm still growing yeah it's taking me three weeks man it's just it's been it's been a grind <laughs> but i'm just it's been so great because you can see like for me personally watching you do that has helped me recognize in the places that i am still playing it safe and i am still kind of letting that fear creep in instead of saying no no i need to answer these fear with facts every single time that i have decided to push and do something that i'm like oh i'm scared to do it's always served me 
like better. It's always been something that I've learned from and I am better as a result of it. So I need to just go ahead and push past the fear. But you've been such a great like example of that because you're literally, I know you don't like doing calls and oh, I'm no, just so proud that you do that every single well, day. Thank you, babe. You know, in a lot of ways I see your business is my business. So it's like I've been doing this for three years and three weeks. And th- you know? three years and three now, weeks. Now, since you don't like Susan Jeffers, I've got you a T. Harv quote here that says the T-Harv. same thing. That, I know that you is something yeah, I do yeah. love. <laughs> the secret to success, y'all, this is from T. Harv. The secret to success is not to try to avoid or get rid of or shrink from your problems. The secret is to grow yourself so mm. that you are bigger than any problem. Mm, that's a good Grow one. yourself. So like grow we said, yourself. grow yourself, create a budget, grow yourself, build an emergency fund, mm-hmm. grow yourself, literally educate yourself, and most importantly, grow yourself, get professional help mm-hmm. like we did if that's something you need. Yep, if that's something you need. and Grow understand. bigger than any of your problems. That's the only way you're gonna be able to overcome and really become your version of success. Um, so- I think we're good. We're ready for our CTA. Yeah, let me say this. Remember, overcoming yeah, money it. fears takes time and effort, right? Yeah. But it's possible with the right mindset and tools. Start small, take one step at a time, and don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Yes, and also take take the note of all the wins that you're taking, all the steps you're taking. Write it down. I don't care if you are doing a budget for the first time and managing your money, and you got to the point where you're able to say, okay, I saved $10 this month you better celebrate that $10 as if it was a hundred. Because if you're excited about what you did, you're going to be more likely to continue to go at it next month and the next month and the next month after that. And that's where it starts. So you have to understand that everyone has to start somewhere. Your first month is not going to be absolutely spectacular, but you cannot get better unless you start. I love that. I definitely celebrated my first subscriber for the podcast. Oh, yeah, man. I was pumped. We were up. pumped. That's when right. We were like, wow, we got our first subscriber. That's so exciting. And not only, I mean, there's so many things to celebrate. I'm not even going to go. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff to, to celebrate. Well, then let's go to the call to action. Yes. So CTA um, for you guys is to identify your source of fear. Where is this coming from? And then I want you to find facts to back up your solution. So in the same way, in all of the scenarios that we mentioned that we were walking through fears, we found facts to back up why this is not as big of a fear as we think it is. Um, And I want you to find facts maybe find other examples of times that you walked into something that you were a little bit fearful of or scared of and how did that pan out? Maybe you went and find something positive because I know some of you are like, well, it didn't work out. And No, find something positive as facts as to why you can do hard things. This is not something that's only available to some people. What we're talking about here, generational wealth, all that stuff is available to everyone who can identify their fear Find the facts to say, great, I see that you're here, but here are all the facts that show that I'm amazing. So I'm going to keep pushing forward. Thank you very much. That's your CTA. And in alignment with our other Affluent Archive, since we've been talking about fear, our Affluent Archive for today is and still is untamed fear consumes potential. If I never picked up the phone to call these organizations for public speaking gigs, then I would quite literally never Mm -hmm. be in public speaking. I would never get more people to join and to follow this podcast. I'd never get more people to read our book, right? You have to act and manage in fear. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, 
it'll consume the potential. Your potential's gone. Whatever yeah. generational wealth you're trying to build, you're Consume never going to hit your full potential. You're never going to hit it. So, man, that was a good episode, man. I'm saying. I'm just, if this is good, y'all better get on Graham fam because it's even better. We go. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, we do some the amazing conversations that we have, it's incredible. As our subscribers would tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening in today. Go live in love, walk in wealth. Follow us on Instagram at KG Millionaire Coach and at the Affluent Marriage Pod. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.